Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hello, welcome to Kyle Brandt's Basement. Thrilled to see you. Got a hat on today. That hat has number 17 on it. That corresponds to the jersey number for Josh Allen. It's a Josh Allen Tuesday. Josh Allen's coming in shortly. He's in the green room, as always. I think he's playing a Game Boy and having some Triscuits, right? Yeah. He's uh, right outside. He'll be here in just a little bit. And we have all kinds of things to talk to him about. Lots of stuff to get into this week as they prepare for the Cleveland Browns, those Buffalo Bills. I got this hat from uh, people called Buffalogo. Great name. They sent me a bunch of stuff. I love it. I think Josh has the same hat. I don't know if he sent them one or they sent him one, whatever. I like it. Not a lot of hats fit me. I have a giant, giant cranium. I'm a 7-7 seven and seven ace man. Up here only. Um, so, but we lots of stuff to get into. Like I said, Josh Allen, we're going to talk about the Monday Night Football game last night. Are the Commanders a thing? Is this the NFC team that we've been waiting to, to rise up? Let's find out. Um, also, what I hate, bad loss for the Eagles or just like who cares, doesn't matter, weird penalties, weird turnovers, or might this actually mean something? And then, of course, we have to get into what's hilarious. But the headline here, number 17, is on today. In a big week, in the middle of the season, we will get into it. And first, we will go to the sky camera right up there in three, two, one. There it is. No hesitation on this one. Oh, my God, I got blocked by the damn ceiling again. I swear, I, after the show, I sit here for hours practicing, and I just can't miss. I can't miss. And then you guys come in here, and I just can't make it. Stop with the camera. Start the show over. No, we never do that. We never. When I miss, I miss. And that's why Ben Wallace is up there. In solidarity with me. But first, let's get into what I love, what I hate, and what's hilarious. I love discomfort in the NFL. I love boat rocking. I love when uh, you think you got this foothold on this mountain you're climbing, and bam! You're falling. No more free solo for you. That discomfort comes in the form of the Philadelphia Eagles losing last night. Losing at home, a national TV, against a division rival that was not terribly talented or terribly respected. Uh, and I like now that it's everybody's all in together. And I like the commander's thing. I've never said that sentence before. I've shared with you here on the show that I'm having a hard time even saying the word commanders. It's corny. It's contrived. But the team is pretty good. And this is what I like especially about this team. Um, I want just everybody to remember that this is a team... This last week leading up to a game that you really got to win if you're going to be anything in this league in this year in November. Uh, the Washington Commanders were sued by the Attorney General in Washington, D.C. It's a pretty big deal in the middle of the season. Then in response to that, someone, I think we know who, issued a statement, uh, a brushback to the Attorney General, in which they used their own player being shot as some sort of uh, comeback or some sort of leverage. It was in, incredibly poor taste, awful, and but, you know, that's years of that. Then also this week, Ron Rivera leaves the team, the head coach, in the middle of the week, in the middle of the season, to attend the services for his mother who passes away. That's a rough week in several different senses. And then, not the least of which is you have to place, you have to face the undefeated team at home, in their house. And they won. And they won in, like, impressive fashion, controversial fashion, don't get me wrong. Weird turnovers by the Eagles. Very strange penalties and non-penalties. But I couldn't care less. That, was that the biggest commander? It was definitely the biggest commander's win ever. 
Was it the biggest win for the Washington football team and the thing we used to call them in a few years, at least? I mean, I know they were in the playoffs and they played Tampa Bay, but they were a sub-500 team. And I got to tell you, the, the, the support, the adoration, call it a crush, whatever you want, that I have of Taylor Heineke is just going up and up and up. And it's that little level up emoji that you see. Let's say you have no affiliation with that team. Your, your favorite team doesn't play against them. You're not a fan of them. You tune in with our national TV. Otherwise, you couldn't give a crap about the commanders. Don't you love Heineke? Doesn't he have a huge surging approval rating? How do you not love him? He doesn't do squat that's that impressive throwing the ball. Not that gifted. Didn't do anything statistical last night that was impressive. But there's a contagious energy about him. I like watching him. And I've said this before, he has this quality that's a little bit Brett Favre, a little bit like, um, if you go way back, like Jake Plummer, especially Jake Plummer at Arizona State, or young Jake Plummer on the Broncos, he's got a little Fitzpatrick in him, in the sense that you're like, man, I couldn't give a crap about the Commanders, and they're always this middling team that seems to step in it off the field, but I like that Heineke, dude, I like it. And I'll tell you this, I don't want to see any debates right now on any radio shows, any TV shows, any podcasts about should the commanders stick with Heineke when Wentz is hell? Of course. Who's going to go on that segment on the network I work for or you work for or you watch and say, you know, really Carson Wentz is the answer for this team. Why? Who cares? He's more gifted. Don't care. They have a lot of money tied up and don't care. Don't care. Don't care. Don't care. They, they were they were one in four, right? And then Heineke comes and they just got energy. Here's what they got. They have this intangible vibe that I think is really cool. They got a quarterback who they just seem to play hard for. They got a head coach. We'll get to him in a second. Terry McLaurin, I got to interview him a couple weeks ago in Morning Football, is a revelation as a human being. You see him in your fantasy league. You know who he is. Come out of Ohio State. Good player. Makes some crazy catches. As a guy, like I feel like he's going to be president someday. He's already in the right town. I love Terry McLaurin. And then here's the Ron Rivera thing. So... He's not um, McVeigh, and he's not Kingsbury, and he's not Lafleur. He's not the new wave. Old school. Ron Rivera was on the 85 Bears. Ron Rivera is a a military veteran. So he doesn't have this um, super cool young vibe, and I, I, I jive with the players and the new way and the Gen Z people, and I identify with them. He's old fashioned in every sense, and he stays contemporary as much as he can. But the way he gets to the players is not because he's going to have the coolest schemes of all time or the best speeches of all time. He rallies his players with um, like emotion, like good old-fashioned Bill Parcells, Mike Ditka-type leadership. And um, I don't know, maybe you think this is corny as hell, and maybe it's because I've gotten to know Ron just a little bit personally. He's a gentleman. I wouldn't say he's like, you know, like, he's not the coolest guy in the world. He's not Clint Kingsbury. Again, he's just, he's a gentleman. He's a really nice guy who loves his wife, loves golf in the offseason, and is a football lifer who is tough as hell, who hit really hard as a player, and who has been to the mountaintop as a head coach and now doing it again. I don't know. I just respect him. I saw his speech afterwards to the team, and he can barely get the words out because his mother had passed away, and the team's just going crazy for him. And there was no talk about analytics or cell phone breaks or Instagram or any of that crap. And I think it's even more impressive than someone who's a little bit older than some of the hot coaches in the league right now is still getting these 23-year-old guys to go ballistic for them. And we've been waiting for the NFC to take form, right? We've been waiting for this. 
We know that, uh, you know, the Eagles are good, and we'll get to the Eagles in a second, and the Vikings are awesome right now. Like, there's seven teams we're going to make the playoffs. Seven. Who are those other five? I guess it's the Seahawks. I, it, it has to be Tampa, but who, I guess, who are the other teams? Is it the Commanders? Is it the Taylor Heineke Commanders? You know, you don't have to look back far to remember it. In the 7-9 and nine season, they had Taylor Heineke was starting a home playoff game against the eventual Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady. And Heineke balled. He's hugging it out with Brady on the field after the game on the way to Brady's 7th Super Bowl. I like this guy. It's weird to say this because they've been an unlikable organization for a long time. And they're changing, and they're changing fast, and the headlines about the ownership is intoxicating. But I like the football team right now. Look, they may fall apart. I don't know. We'll see. Heineke may just do the Fitzpatrick thing to a T and go up and down and up and down. Right now, they run the hell out of the ball. They play with a lot of energy. They got a lot of good calls last night. They just beat Philly. I don't care. Slice the day you want. They beat Philly in Philly. Last undefeated team in the league. I like the Commanders. Are they the team in the NFC that's going to emerge and shock us? Seems pretty cool. That's what I love. In fact, let's get to what I hate, though. All right, so you know I hate the perfect season talk. I just absolutely hate it. And this came up this morning that if you're anybody in the media and let's say you appear on someone else's podcast or you call a radio show, especially if it's involved with Philadelphia this year, they all want to know, so is this the year? Can they go undefeated? Where's the loss? What point in the season, what week in the season will they lose? And I'm I don't care. I don't care. It's a really relevant question, maybe if they're 14-0 and and they got three games left. And you're like, can they pull it off? 8-0. We were just nonstop. ESPN hit it really hard last night. A lot of shows have hit it. They're not even halfway done. It's a 17-game season. 8-0 when we were talking perfect season, perfect season. Who cares? There's such an obsession with the perfect season. Obsession. It's, I, I just don't share it. I don't care. You know, the Eagles won the Super Bowl a few years ago. And when they were winning it, and Jason Kelsey is on the Rocky Steps giving the speech in the Mummers costume, no one was worried about the three games they lost that year. And it was like, yeah, but if it would have been a perfect season, that would have been better. Who cares? Who cares? But I will say this. um, I don't think that that game says a ton about Philadelphia. I don't think they showed their flaws. I don't think they are exposed at all. I think... Um, they had not only turnovers, but bizarre ones, like the Quez Watkins fumble, if you know that, late in the game, he's just running and just drops it as he's tackled from behind. It was a huge call. The walk-off, uh, roughing the passer, unnecessary roughness call was bizarre. I still think Philly is Philly. I still think they are win maybe 14 games. I mean, they're just awesome. The O-line, the D-line, the weapons and everything. However, there are people who are saying, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's not. I don't think it's nothing. I don't think it's nothing at all, because... I don't care about a perfect season. It's a stupid goal. And if a team was 16-0, I would say rest your players. I don't care. But I care a lot about the one seed. I care a lot about the one seed. I care a lot about home field. I care a lot about getting a bye. If you're 8-0, never mind the perfect season, but your goal should be we want to be the one seed. We do not want to travel. We want a week off. If we're going to lose, we're going to lose with our boots on in our home stadium. That's, That's up in the air now. And Super Bowls are lost in week nine, week 10, week eight, because you lost some game that maybe you should have had and that cost you the one seed. The Vikings have one loss as well. Now they have the tiebreaker Philly, but there's a lot of football left to be played. If they, if the, it's, imagine the Philadelphia has to go on the road to Minnesota 
to play an NFC title game or a divisional game or whatever it may be because they lost to Taylor Heineke way back when at the end of November before Thanksgiving. That's the, that's the matter of it. The Eagles right now, you look at the season, they, they could win the Super Bowl this year. This is not a warm-up year. This is not, well, we got to the divisional round and it's a good season. No, 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 no. This is a Super Bowl team. You're 8-0. You have every single piece. The only mystery about this Eagles team going into the season, the only one, was is the quarterback good? We're not sure about him. And he's been great. He's been, he might win MVP this year. So they're set. You don't have a lot of seasons where everything is set. Someone will get hurt, contract stuff, players leave. You get one in a lifetime sometimes, depending on the organization. But the Eagles have every piece. If they don't get to the Super Bowl this year, if they don't win the Super Bowl, this season is a disappointment. And I'm just saying, when we, if they lose in the playoffs because they have to go on the road, that commander's loss back in the day, if that costs them that, that could be the one. There's no margin of error. It's tough. It's really tough. And they'll probably lose a few more games, but now it's like, oh, damn it. We had this feeling that we were on top of the heap and we were untouchable and unconquerable and we have the best record and we're undefeated and people are starting to tweet Larry Zonka and Mercury Morris, blah, blah, blah. That's all gone now. Back in the pool with us. You have the same record as the Vikings. You lose another one, you'll have this come on back to this, the, the heap even more. You know, A.J. Brown was trying to spin it as a good thing, too. A.J. did not have a big night last night. He was very meager statistically. He had another ball that he could have caught deep that ended up being intercepted. And he was like, I, I don't, just don't want to talk about that, that perfect season stuff anymore. I, it's just sports media and fans are attracted to perfect season. Remember those bug lamps that you used to have? I don't know if they still have them anymore. On the deck or out in the woods or anything, and they're this blue light, this blue light of death. And it attracts the moths or the flies or everything. And they get closer and they just die right there. They can't, and you're like, well, why do they keep flying into the thing? Because they love it. They love that blue light. They can't fly away. That blue light is the perfect season talk segments, articles, tweets, and posts in 2022. They just can't resist it. By they, I mean everybody. So that the blue death light is over. Turn it off. It's over. AJ Brown, the Eagles don't have to worry about it. I guess in a sense, that's good that they lost. Just go get that, that one seed. The whole game has changed. You used to get two buys per conference. Uh-uh. One team gets the buy. That's it. I better hope it's the uh, Philadelphia Eagles because that, 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 that maniac with the, the Applebee's gift card, Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, <laughs> I don't know if he's losing any more games. That's what I hate. I hate that for the Eagles. would be nice to have that one. But let's get to what's hilarious. You know what's coming. Let's go. Starting your own small business can be a total roller coaster. Between all the bumpy twists and turns comes the actual business side of your business, which can really throw you for a loop. Luckily, with QuickBooks, you can manage your business with confidence from the start. So no matter how bumpy the ride gets, you can always stay on track. New business? No problem. Success starts with Intuit QuickBooks. Learn more at quickbooks.com. Do you have ambitious hiring goals for the last quarter of 2022? With a powerful hiring partner, big goals are no big deal. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to sponsor your job post at Indeed.com basement. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com basement. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so I'm thrilled that the gritty seems to be dying down a little bit. 
you know, I've talked weeks ago about how it's just it's just tired, it's lame, it had its moment, it had its run, it's time for it to go away. I don't mind if Justin Jefferson still does it, I don't mind if Jamar Chase still does it, and Mike Kosicki. Those are really the three people they want to do. But what's great is we have moved on to the next sensation, and I've been waiting for the next celebratory wave to happen, and it's happened. You know, speaking, I just talked about Kirk Cousins. His teammates love him, and on the plane, they um, basically, I mean, they're really mocking him as much as they're hyping him. By putting their diamond chains over his neck and he dances and sometimes he takes his shirt off. And it's very funny because there's a dorky white guy wearing the chains and everybody laughs and Cousins is the best because he's totally secure and knows he's a dork and embraces that he's a dork. So that was fine. That was Cousins' thing. Well, now it's Heineke's thing too. Now it's starting to spread. Now we're having the starting quarterback who definitely does not have diamond chains that he wears to the game put on teammates diamond chains on the plane and Heineke was doing it on the commander's flight back home from Philadelphia last night that is now the thing and I, I think we have video of it I'm not sure but I think we do um there it is so he's sitting there and by the way he's sitting there like 37b that looks like the crappiest seat ever it looks like the the same flight that I had back from Vegas to LA in 2004 and he's got six different chains on it's the same deal with cousins except he's not dancing he doesn't have his shirt off he seems to have a big cooler full of beers. I'm telling you, this guy has the cult of personality. This is the kind of guy you want to play for. Can you imagine how Carson Wentz feels right now? Carson Wentz, who just sat there and watched his new team beat the Eagles in the stadium he was once crowned in. I don't even know. Did he travel with the team? I, I'm not even sure. I don't know. Is he on the plane? Is he way back in the back, like reading or something? In the meantime, the teammates are flocking to Heineke. Like, here, wear my jewelry. Here, wear my jewelry. And he's sitting there having a beer, wearing the chain, the coolest guy on the plane. I mean, in a way, the nerdiest guy, and that's why we're doing it. But I mean his demeanor and his presence. I love Taylor Heineke. And I love the question. We'd like to get you guys involved here. So I can either agree with your answers or tell you that they're wrong. And we asked, all right? Cousins has worn the diamond chains. Heineke's worn the diamond chains. Which starting quarterback do you need to see wear the diamond chains next? And here come the answers. I have my own. Let's see what yours are. I think there's only one answer to this question. All right, Gina says clearly the answer is Matty Ice. See, she's going for the joke because Ice is diamonds and everything. And Matty Ice is back in the winning column and he had like a what looked like an 80-yard run last week. So I can see Matty Ice doing it. He's always had a pretty good sense of humor and he fits the profile. But I'm still looking for my guy. I'm still looking for the same guy I'm looking for. What's the next answer? After that, yeah, Chris Trapasso. I mean, this is the answer. Daniel Jones, obviously. Daniel Jones, guys, if the whole joke and the humor of the image is you take the whitest, dorkiest guy on the plane, or, you know, just the biggest straight arrow on the plane, let's not call him a dork if we don't have to, and you just pile on with all this really opulent, sometimes garish jewelry that he would never wear, and you make him, like, <laughs> to try to pull it off, that's Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is going to be sitting there in his L.L. Bean shirt and his Hagar pants with his Jansport backpack going over the playbook or doing or watching, you know, the two and a half men on his on his his tablet. And that's the guy I want. Plus, like the team is good. The team matters. Team's very young. So maybe they would be into it and more prone to celebrate, whereas some veterans would be over. Daniel Jones is the funniest image by far. How do you beat that? I guess people answered with anything other than Daniel Jones. Give me more because that is the answer. Uh, this guy says, Jeff Martin says, Jared Goff, dress up that hummus. Now, Jeff Martin is paying attention because for years I have referred to Jared Goff as hummus. 
it's just like it and I don't want to get too far into that but it's it's fine it actually tastes pretty good your wife likes it um it's nutritious but it's just hummus Jared Goff wearing it would work too I mean if the Lions win three in a row maybe they'll pull it off next Jared Goff's okay I don't mind that one at all all right so this one I don't agree with this is this is Braun 20 he says Joey B Joey Burrow no, because Joey Burrow would do it unironically. Joey Burrow would actually be the guy giving the other person the chain with the diamonds because he probably has that stuff. Joey Burrow, like, dresses up in crazy coats and sunglasses. That, that's not the joke. If he wore it, we'd be like, oh, look at Burrow. He wore a lot of jewelry today. Daniel Jones would be like, ha! Look at Danny Dimes! Now, now we're back on track. Sam Sawdust says, we need Andy Dalton. Dalton works, Yes. But Dalton is on a terrible team. The Saints aren't celebrating anything, and if they happen to win a game, I don't think that the teammates are going to throw a party on the plane. It was like, oh my God, we finally won a game. Andy Dalton fits the profile, yes, but not the team. It's still Daniel Jones. All right, this is interesting. Nick says, Kenny Pickett after he saves Tomlin's winning season streak? It's interesting. It's young. Um, he fits the certainly the profile, being that he's a white quarterback, but... Um, I don't know enough about enough about his personality yet. He seems to be like he's pretty cool. That like he's not super nerdy. So I don't know if that fits the profile. But I'll tell you this: the Steelers look like a different team last week. T.J. Watt comes back. Pickett gets a little more comfortable. Najee breaks a couple of runs. They got this Jalen Warren rookie running back. They look good. I never count out the Steelers. I say this all the time: the Steelers are old-fashioned Carnegie Steel. They are Rockefeller. They're none of this crypto nonsense or some investment that you make. They've been around for years. They will always level out. You trust them. But can you pick it in the chains? I don't know. Is there anything else? Oh, this is, uh, I mean, Ultimus Prime just says Russell Wilson. Easy. Ultimus, I think you might be onto something. With the, with the again, though, the team is terrible, so they're not going to celebrate. With the, does Russell Wilson teammates even look at him that way? Would they be like, oh man, we should do something funny with Russell? Or are they just like, yeah, Russell's kind of doing his thing. I, I don't know if they're friends. I don't know if they bust his chops. I don't know if, like, Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are going up and be like, Russ, do this, it'll be funny. I, I, I feel like he's just on planet Russ. Is that the last one? Because that one's, that one's pretty funny. Oh, they're still coming. Uh, Blazing KC says, Davis Mills could fit all... <laughs> Davis Mills could fit all the chains on his neck and still have room. <laughs> so you got 53 guys on the roster. 52 diamond chains went to Davis Mills. He would still have nine inches of neck like a Pez dispenser. That's a good answer. But again, that team's terrible. They're not celebrating anything. Uh, that was really fun, though. I, I, I celebrate you guys. Oh, all right, one more. Wrong question. The man's getting a bush light and brought a cooler for them of them for himself. What other NFL quarterback do you have crushing bush lights after big wins? It's a great point by D-Pain119. We're looking at the gold, the diamond chains around Heineke's neck. He's sitting next to what appears to be a styrofoam cooler of bush lights. That's the headline. That's why I like the commanders. When I set off to do Kyle Brand's basement, and certainly when the people at Omaha Productions set off to do it, they never thought I would spend this much time talking about the 2022 Washington commanders. We've had them a lot in this one, but they deserve it. Big win last night. Knocked off the last undefeated team. And then had a bush light and some diamond chains afterwards to celebrate. We celebrate right now because you know what's next? This guy right here, the quarterback one of the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. It's been a couple weeks. I missed the guy. Get in here, Josh. Let's do it. Lions, Tigers, and tailgates. Oh, my. College football season is always the greatest time of the year. You put on a jersey, get your face painted, break out the foam finger, but it's all about the food. 
and nothing gets you more fired up for game day than Eckrich smoked sausage. They're naturally hardwood smoked and have the perfect blend of spices. From buffalo sausage dip to sausage chili mac and cheese, Eckrich smoked sausage is a quick way to bring flavor to all your tailgate meals. Visit Eckrich.com for easy, one-of-a-kind sausage recipes. Eckrich, you do you. Yeah, there he is. That's our guy. Loves football, loves A1 on his French fries, and loves coming to the basement on Tuesday. Josh, what's up, dude? It's good to see you. Good to see you, too. Uh, sorry I missed last week, but we're here now. I love, I love the hat, by the way. It looks good on you. You think? I got it. Uh, there's this, these people, Buffalogo. You and I had talked about it because you were wearing it once, and they sent me one. And as I told you, I have a huge head, so it's hard to find hats, but it feels good, right? Yeah, absolutely. It. it Again, you look good in 17. I like it. Thanks, buddy. I, I agree. Uh, I, I agree with you. Um, and I'm wearing this also as a show of solidarity for my guy. You're my guy. You win, you lose. I don't care. We support you here. I, if I'm going to wear this when you win, I'm going to wear this when you lose. But I haven't seen you in a while. How, how's, everything, how's everything at home? How's life? How's family? How are you feeling? Going good. Um, on the home front, theater's getting done. So we'll be able to Ooh. watch more some of the Film Fest movies in there. It's going to be pretty sweet. Uh, our, our company that was doing it did a really good job. So happy about that. Um, other than that, you know, can't complain. Woke up today. There's no bad days. Some, some are just better than others, you know? Hell yes, there is. All right. If you don't think I'm not going to stop down and ask you to indulge us on the theater, you're crazy. What are we working with? Like how many, you got seats for your boys and you got seats for your friends. Like how's this going to set up? Yeah. I mean, there's a, uh, they did it pretty pretty well we got 10 recliners in there we got a little little bar area too where you can throw some um bar stools back there if you wanted to watch a game but it uh-huh. is a it's a movie masterpiece it really is it's it's pretty special all right so i know you're tactical when you think about this stuff and you and i both love this when you like have the like the ribbon cutting ceremony like the grand opening of the allen theater what will be the first major motion picture that you play I think Top Gun Maverick and don't yeah. get close. So you'll be able to hear the engines. It's going to, it's going to shake the whole room. It's going to be pretty sweet. It's, it, it really is a dream. I'm, you know, me. I'm, I love my movies. So it's, it's, it's oh my space for me to go in there and kind of just lose, uh, lose myself in the movie and, and spend a couple hours in there and just reset and, and refresh the mind. So it's, it's going to be sweet. You're going to blow the doors off that place. I never got your take on this Top Gun Maverick. I saw it twice. What did you think of the beach football scene in which everyone is on offense at the same time? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's weird how they talk about it, but he says it's um, – what, what did he call it? Stop crying back right there. Um, <laughs> he, I think he called it dogfight football because it was, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. both offense and defense at the same time because that's kind of what they were trying to do. You know, they had to build a team and the camaraderie where they had to be on the offensive for the, the whole mission that under two minutes and 30 seconds, but, you know, yeah. as soon as they were done, they flew over that mountain, you know, they're in defense mode. Um, that's, that's, it was one of the coolest movies I've ever seen. And I, I was a fan of the first Top Gun, uh, but the way that they incorporated everything in the second movie was, it, it's, it was phenomenal. But yeah, the beach scene, again, guys got jeans on. I don't know. I don't know. Tom Cruise. I don't know. We'll see. 
He still runs that four three forty though. It's just incredible. Mm. I think he's as fast Great as Naheem too. Hines, and he's in his sixties. <laughs> um, true. Yeah. So you and I, uh, we always look forward, and yet we respect the past. And I'm going to tell you an anecdote. You talked about your house. I'm going to talk about mine. I was watching Bills Vikings with my son Calvin, who was going to be nine next week, and he was very invested in the game, and he's rooting for you guys. And the game ended, and he was disappointed, but he looked at me. It was very sweet, and he said. Tell Josh Allen he's still the best player. So my son Calvin wants you to know that you're still the best player. Well, thank you, Calvin. I appreciate that. He will appreciate that as well. And also on the on the note of keeping it positive, Josh, after the game, Vaughn, your guy Vaughn, had himself a media session. And it was so great. And I thought it was so contagious. And this is a guy who's trying to win his third Super Bowl with his third team, which is just an outrageous thing to do. Let's listen to Vaughn after the loss. And like you would think the guy just won the AFC title. Listen to this. I pray and I hope that guys think it's over right now. I pray and I hope that guys feel like it's, it's done and they got us figured out because they'd be, in a, they'd be up for a rude awakening. And I pray and I hope that the media like counts us out and do all that stuff because good, you know, because we got a great team and you know, I'm excited to go to work with these guys. I'm excited for Josh Allen. And I'm excited for him to respond. I'm excited for myself to respond. I'm excited for this defense to respond. And hey, brighter days, brighter days are ahead for us, man. We lost three games, and it's all good, man. I'm excited to see what we do coming up. What's it like to hear that from that guy? Again, I mean, he's he's been in these types of situations before. It's a guy that's, you know, he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, he chose to come here and play for the Buffalo Bills and try to help us accomplish a goal. And he said, you know, we're six and three. We look at the big picture. I know it seems pretty bleak losing two in a row. You never want to do that. Um, but the, the worst thing we can do is sit on this one and dwell and let it become, you know, another loss and mm-hmm. allow ourselves to, again, move forward, use the 24 hour rule. We watched the film. We've learned from it. Now it's time to go put in the work on the practice field. You know, um, it's no secret. I didn't play super well. I made a couple like, a couple of bad decisions that, you know, ultimately cost us the game. Um, but again, you know, we're moving on. We're looking forward to the next one. And that's not going to, you know, deter us from keep shooting. Josh, what's your process after the game, win or loss, whatever, on a given week? Do you sit down the next morning that night and just watch all the film? Like, how do you do that? Yeah, I mean, usually, you know, you go into the facility on Monday, you sit down, uh, with the offense with the quarterback coach and you kind of go through things you talk about what you're seeing um how do we avoid this mistake or you know what what can we change in this play you know um and it's something i've learned so you know in my my four and a half years in the league now it's never as bad as you think and it's never as good as you think when you watch the film um you know we did a lot of really really good things in that game that second half obviously we fell off mm-hmm. and we didn't do what we were supposed to do and we know that and the last couple of games we you know, we haven't gotten into a rhythm in the second half offensively. So that's something that's that we're going to be, you know, uh, working on and, and taking the, you know, an extra effort, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. in practice or come game time, game planning, all that stuff. So we understand that as, as football players and we care about each other so much in this locker room that, you know, we're going to we're going to work like like hell till we get it figured out. And again, I think what Vaughn was trying to say that we don't we don't want to peak early in the season. You know, we, we want to have some adversity. We want to face this because it's going to develop and build that foundation on stronger bones. And, um, you know, we just got to keep continuing to grind, keep trying to get better and just take it one week at a time. 
Listen, the Rams lost three games in a row last November, and they wanted to win the Super Bowl. Uh, I know that your goals are to win the AFC East and to win the Super Bowl, and they're all in front of you. I also know you're big on learning from mistakes and not just watching them and being pissed about them and learning from them. Um, the Vikings stopped at the one-yard line. You guys come out. What happened on the snap? Yeah. Um, again, we were running kind of a, a push dog is what we call it, or like a push quarterback sneak. Um, you know, and the ball just kind of slipped away from me. And unfortunately, you know, when I'm getting pushed, I'm trying to go back and get the ball. And he, you know, Gabe doesn't know that I, I dropped the ball. So he's not looking for it. I'm trying to get it. And it just kind of bounced their way. And uh, sometimes when you're, again, it's on the one inch yard line. So you've got to, you've got to do it. You have to do quarterback sneak. And sometimes those, those interior D linemen just get a nice little rush, um, you know, because they, they have no fear. You know, if we're offsides, we're offsides. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're trying to make something something happen there. And, again, that's that's the quitty part. But I, I was proud of how our team responded to that. We could have, you know, put our heads between, you know, down on our chest and our tails between our legs and called it a game. We went out and we had a really good uh, two-minute drive to end the game there and gave us a shot in the in, in overtime. So, again, just a lot of different experiences that we're learning and, and situations that, you know, maybe that I haven't been in, in my entire career. So um, it's all learning moments. And, again, big picture, we're 6-3. and three. We're not going to let this, uh, you know, end us and tear us apart in the locker room. We're going to come together. Um, we're going to try to play some good football going here forward. You know, there's there's so many ways and so many different ways to lead, you know, and, and you've done a lot of them. You can lead with your play. You can say players only meeting. You can give a speech after the game or on, on Wednesday morning, whenever you want. How do you choose to do it this season when 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 you've emerged as the as the, the absolute leader of this team and certainly this offense how do you choose to do it right now i mean i think right now it's still it's, let's go about our business we don't have to make this a bigger deal than than what it is um you know we want to win every single game when we step out on the field yep. i think it's our goal i think it's everybody's goal to win that game find a way to do it um and obviously we're not you know we haven't done that in the last couple of weeks uh and again it comes down to decision-making, it comes down to a whole different variety of things, but we can be better at them. It's not, it's not like we're a bad team. You know, we've been hurting ourselves a lot and if we can, you know, make smarter decisions, if we can um, play situational football and complimentary football, you know, that's, that's all we got to do. You know, you and I have talked about before that we like to consume social media and that we laugh at memes and you're a big meme guy and stuff. And that can crack you up in a given week, whether it's a good week or a bad week. But with that also becomes being exposed to the media. So are you someone in a time when you're not playing as well as you would like, who blocks everything out and just stays tunnel vision? Or are you inviting it to hear it and to remember it and to motivate you? I I think I block it out before winning or for losing. Um, I try not to pay attention to it at all. And the good or the bad. I try to be as even keel and as neutral as possible. I try to continue to be myself in the locker room. Um, and again, I'm just trying to be the best quarterback, the best teammate that I can be for the Buffalo Bills. And whatever is called upon me to do that is what I'm willing to do. Um, so again, I think people handle it different ways. My way is listen, we got a job to do, I got a job to do. I'm gonna do everything in my power to do that job. So um, that's kind of my stance on that right now. Well, you're a great teammate. I know that your guys love you, and I know they love you as a leader. Um, I respect you answering all the questions like you always do. Uh, last question about last week at all. 
you know, there was all this intrigue about, is Josh even going to play? Like, no one even knew if you were going to play, if you were going to start, how you were going to play. When did you know that you were going to start the game? I mean, I, I had an inkling, I mean, Monday when I'm talking with the doctors, and um, I won't really go into specifics of it, but, sure. you know, they they didn't seem too optimistic about my chances um, that week, but I knew I was like, well, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to freaking grind my tail off here in the training room. Um, I mean, Joe Mika, Tabani, Nate, they all, they all played a part, you know, whether it was, <laughs> it, it was a lot of count. I mean, it was countless hours of staying in that training room, hyperbaric chamber, all the modalities you can think of. Um, and just trying to get back to the playing field. And that's all it was. I, but it was a, it was a process to be able to get to the field on Sunday. Um, but I, I knew kind of on Monday, like, it was my goal, and I'm not going to let it deter me. And you got it. God bless you, man. You got it. You were out there. You played your ass off. And now, Cleveland. All right? We move forward to Cleveland. Cleveland, I, I would imagine there's a danger in playing a team that's desperate. And, you know, Miles Garrett's already been out there saying we got to beat Allen, and we got to beat Brady, and we think we can do both. How do you feel? How do they look right now early on in the week? Again, I mean, like you said, it's a team that's hungry. Um, it's a team that's fighting for their their season. But I think, you know, we have that same type of urgency in our locker room right now as well. Yeah. Um, but, on, you know, in terms of defense, they're they're one of the better defenses in the league. They got some playmakers. You talk about Miles Garrett being one of the premier defenders in the entire league. Um, you know, he's a, he's a freak. He really is. They got Jadavian Clowney. They got some some good DBs out there. Their linebackers are really quick side to side. Um so, again, we're going to have to have a, a really good week of game planning, a good week of practice, and, again, just try to go out there on Sunday and execute. I don't remember this if we've talked about this. Are you a Stranger Things guy? I'm not. I'm not. I haven't really got in, gotten into it yet, um, but there's a lot of people that have told me that I need to watch it. I know Miles Garrett dressed up as – I'm not sure which character, <laughs> but enough. somebody from Stranger Things, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like – he is the closest thing, and he's such an interesting guy and, like, very intelligent, but he's the closest thing that the league has to, like, an actual villain who embraces being the villain. Like, he's like, this is me. I dress up as Vecna. I got skeletons wearing the jerseys of quarterbacks that I have sacked in my freaking yard on Halloween. Like, I'm not hiding anything. Is that amusing to you? Is it a challenge? What's it like to play someone who just so embraces, like, I'm a bad mother and I'm coming for the quarterbacks? Yeah, I mean, again, his his play speaks for itself, and I think when your play speaks for you like that, you're able to do all those things and and wear the outfits and, and talk the trash because you back it up on a daily basis, and uh, that's something he continues to do in his career. He's been, I mean, he's been lights out. Um, you talk about statistically, you look at the sacks, you look at the the pressures. He's always up there, you know, year in and year out. Um, so yeah, he's he's a handful, and we got to be prepared for. For everything, you know, whether they switch him up and move him from side to side, um, chip help, uh, double teams, you name it. And that's that's what you got to do with the premier um, edges in this league. You really do. And I can't wait to watch you guys play. Um, like you said, you guys are motivated as hell. Brown's really hungry. It's this great game. And we get into the we get into the holidays. We'll look forward to this next week. Josh, like, let's just power rank them right now. If you look at. Christmas, Fourth of July, Halloween, all this stuff. Where do you have Thanksgiving kind of in your holiday power rankings? I mean, I, I love food, so it's 
I, it's probably top. It's probably top two. I think it's top two. Christmas has got to be number one because obviously the family time and hanging out and, and being able to give, um, you know, gifts. I, I love giving gifts. That's, that's my favorite thing to do. So that's number one. But I think Thanksgiving is number two just because of the uh, mashed potatoes, the gravy, the stuffing, the turkey, you name it. I love it all. All right. So we, I love it too. And that's the, like the biggest Josh Allen answer I thought was coming. What is on your early Christmas list? Never mind what you want to give. Like, what do you want for Christmas? I mean, I get asked that all the time and, you? you know, I'm terrible to shop for. I, yeah, my, my, mm-hmm. my family, uh, my teammates, like, like, what do you want? I'm like, I honestly, I don't need anything. I don't. Um, <laughs> if you want to help me fill, you know, my, my wine cooler, that's fine. Um, yes. Help me buy some movies for, for the movie room. I, I won't yeah. say no either, but honestly, I don't, I like giving gifts. I don't like receiving them. I hear you. You're just that guy who wants to give. And that's like, Josh Allen is the selfless teammate, even in Christmas. He doesn't want anything. That is you to a core, dude. Um, I'm thrilled to see you. Uh, I'm happy that you're feeling good and that you're feeling positive and you're always working towards the future. And most importantly, dude, congratulations on the theater. That Top Gun Mavericks is going to absolutely pull the doors off, and I'm happy for you, man. Appreciate you. Thank you. I got. We got to pick a new movie. I I don't know what, what you want to do about uh, the other All one. Right. I know... Okay, so let's, let's get up to speed quickly, and then you can go about your week. Last couple weeks ago, we talked about McDermott's favorite movie is Vision Quest from 1985, okay? So I'd never seen it either. You and I said, let's watch it together. You had a ton of stuff on your plate. I had less, so I watched it. First of all, <laughs> I'll just give you a quick summation to satisfy McDermott. You can go back and tell McDermott. Uh, great soundtrack, like just awesome, awesome 80s soundtrack. But it's basically about the darkest, weirdest, horniest high school kid you have ever met who just wants to lose weight and lose his virginity, like I think in the opposite order, and just wants to wrestle. So I don't know if McDermott can identify with that, but like, would you take my review back to coach for both of us? I'll absolutely, I'll absolutely talk to him in the morning. I'll, uh, I'll give him the exact you know, verbatim how you said it. Yes. And even compare, you know, compare him to the protagonist of Vision Quest. So I'm sure he'll appreciate best. that. Um, listen, moving forward, uh, do you want to have, do you want to watch a Thanksgiving movie? Do you want like just a comedy recommendation? Like what, what do you, what do you think? I'm, I mean, I'm down for whatever. I think any, any of the older movies that are high quality that, that maybe okay. have been, uh, revamped for HDR so I can watch it in some high quality uh, <laughs> renderings. There. Right. That'd be pretty sweet. So have you seen it's, this is like, it's is like the, um, it's kind of like home alone for Thanksgiving is the Thanksgiving movie. Have you seen planes, trains and automobiles with John Candy and Steve Martin? I have, I have not. All right. We got to do it. Um, That's it. So right. this is the Thanksgiving movie. It's a guy trying to get home for the holidays, planes, trains and automobiles. It's a John Hughes classic from the eighties. Everyone has seen it of my generation. You'll love it, dude. Planes, trains, automobiles. You in? Sounds good. Love it. Josh <laughs> Allen, Sky, you're the best. You're our guy. I got my 17 hat. Go get a win, and we'll talk next week, bud. Sounds good. Have a good one. Thank you, guys. See you, Josh. What do I say every week? Say it with me now. That's our guy. That's Josh. He's going to go off and battle those Cleveland Browns, and we'll see him back here next week, Thanksgiving week. 
uh, for all kinds of talk, and we'll talk food, I'm sure. I'm sure Josh has got some strong takes coming from Fireball, California, about what should be on a Thanksgiving table. But in the next time, uh, next time we see him, we'll talk about that. Meanwhile, guys, look what I have in my hand. I have a dart. I have a dart. So here we go. Dart roulette. Um, I throw this the, the the board. Whatever number it hits, I got to just ad-lib some sort of take on one of these topics. To the sky cam, if you please. There we go. Ben Wallace, Pearl Jam. And what number do we get? Same number as yesterday. 14. What is topic number 14? How? <laughs> yeah, I see it. Uh, the producer's telling me the question as if he's really eager for me to answer this one. Maybe it's because he wrote it. All right. How much do I dance at a wedding? Well, I was at a wedding last weekend. I mean, the answer's a lot. Because, uh, I don't know, I'm a, a good person and I'm a good friend. Not only do I dance a lot at the wedding, I will often be first person on the wedding floor dancer at the wedding. Somebody's got to start this thing. Somebody's got to be the wedge buster on kickoff coverage to get the party started. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be. Uh, this last wedding was a really different because my brother is significantly younger than me and he and his friends are just way into EDM and that type of music and they go to ultra in Miami and everything like there wasn't a lot of journey in Duran Duran and Prince it was just all this which was fun like fun as hell uh, I wasn't on any nar narcotics so I don't know if that inhibits the experience but I didn't need any and I was just fist pumping and the beat was dropping it was great um, I also have really strong convictions for my wedding I had a, a playlist which most people do but I also had a very very strong do not playlist, and that's a different segment for a different show. I just there's so many things that clear the dance floor so fast at a wedding, including me, and just go right to the bar. When I was going to weddings a lot in the 2000s, for some reason the DJ, if it was a DJ, would always play that Brian Setzer crap. Do you remember when Brian Setzer had like brought swing back and it was ba 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 da da ba 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 da baby baby? I hated that. It demands a style of dancing that like involves gymnastics with a female partner and some sort of uh, poodle skirt and bobby socks or something. No one knows how to do it. No one likes the songs. They would hit the setzer and it would be a race, a hundred meter sprint to the bar. I just it was the, it was tumbleweeds the second the music went off. The setzer, setzer wherever you are, you know, respect and everything. You had like a two hundred piece band and you were touring. It's a great musician, but. Not for the wedding, buddy. That's it. I dance a lot. I talk to you guys a lot. And I appreciate you a lot. I'm going to go for a little ride. Thank you. Love you. And um, we'll see you tomorrow, my friends. Goodbye from the basement.